Perak Aleph, Mishnah Hay. Continuing from where we left off, we had brought this woman up to the base in a gadol in Yushalayim, and we were telling her all different things to put fear into her to admit before we actually give her the bitter waters to drink, before we have to erase God's name in the Mayim of Ma'arim to see if she'll admit to what she did. So says Mishnah Hay, Im Amra, if she opens up and says, you know what, Tmeani, I admit it, I actually lived with this man, and I sinned. So then, Shoveris Kesubasa. What happens is she loses her ksuba. The husband writes a receipt to her that states that she's leaving him and she, he, he does not owe her a ksuba. He doesn't owe her the money for the ksuba. Viosis, she leaves her husband with a get peturin because since there was no warning, right? You'd think, what's the obvious question? If she's admitting that she actually lived with this man, so then l'chaira should be chayav misa. If a person cheats on their spouse, they're chayav misa. But the answer is, is that they're only chayev misa, they only get the death penalty if they had warning before they did that sin. If they didn't get a warning, certainly it's a terrible sin, but they're not chayev misa. Here, what, what did you have? You had warning of the kinoi, don't hang out with John Doe, and witnesses testifying that she was in private with this character. There was never a warning from witnesses to the lady, don't live with him, and then she went ahead and lived with him. Right? Otherwise, of course, she's chayev misa, and then we just kill her. But here, there was no witnesses warning her at the time of the of the actual action, don't live with him. And therefore, she has to leave her husband, she receives no ksuba, and um, the Gemara explains that, what's this concept of a receipt? So we're talking about a place in a city where they don't write a ksuba. Therefore, the husband writes a receipt for, for, for his wife that, you know, there should be a proof. Sorry, he could have it. She writes the receipt. She writes the receipt to give to the husband. He should be able to hold on to it as a proof that if she ever comes and says, hey, I want my ksuba, he's not obligated to give it to her. However, in a city where they write the ksuba, they just rip up the ksuba. And you don't have to write a receipt for the husband to hold on to as proof because they rip up the ksuba and that takes care of the whole problem. And if she says, if even after we put all this fear into her, she still sticks to her words and says that, no, I did not sin, I am pure, then Malanosa, then we bring her up. The Gemara explains they would bring her, Maridimosa, they'd bring her down, Mikol Harabayas, from the entire Harabayas, and then Vichosimomalas, then they bring her back up. Kedilia to make her just get tired and make her, you know, go back and forth and back and forth. Will I so, so, hopefully afterwards that we exhaust her, she'll admit before we have to erase the Megillah in the bitter waters and make her drink it. Until they would bring her to the eastern gate, which is by the entrance of the gate of Nicanor, which is in the in the second base of Mikdash, there were these eastern gates. On the outer eastern gate, that was at the, at the entrance of the Harabayas. That was called the Shahar Tachton, like the lower gate. And then there was the Shari Hamizrach Aprimi, the inner eastern gate, a second eastern gate, the Pesach Shabin Ezus Nashim, that was at the entrance between the Ezus Nashim to the Ezus Yisrael. That was called the Shahar Elyon, the upper uh, gate, or it's called the Shahar Nikanor, from the uh, famous miracle that happened with uh, Nikanor that brought these doors, these copper doors from Alexandria of Mitzrayim. We learned about this story back in Masech Yuma. But the point is, we'd make her go back and forth and back and forth to exhaust her, so maybe she would admit to, you know, to what, to, if, to what the sin that she did. Shisham Mashkin Sotos, and they explained that over there, they would actually give the Sotos to drink. Because it says in the parish of Sotos, Hemera Kohen Sa'isha Lefnei Hashem, they place it before God. What's that mean? That's the entrance that they would enter 
was the entrance that everyone, all the people coming into the Zara would go through there. And that's where they would give her to drink. This entrance of Shar Nikanor, was not sanctified with the, with the Kedusha of the Azara. So that people could enter, those that are lacking atonement, they could enter over there, that are normally forbidden to enter the Beis HaMikdash, there they can go, because they didn't have the Kedusha there. They bring their Kabanos there, to purify themselves. And therefore the Sota, who technically may be Tame, that's where she stands, she doesn't go any further. They are also there, they would be metar, they would purify uh, Azav, Azava, a woman that gave birth, someone that was filled with Tzaras, they'd all be purified in that um, entrance as well. All these types of people, when the Kohen would be makar, their, their Karban, and purify them, the halach is, person always has to stand next to their Karban. So therefore, they would bring the carbon there, they would stand there, because they can't go any further, because they, they're tummy. And by a mitzvah, there's another reason, as it says, We learn from the Pasuk that the mitzvah stands over there, Since before they are pure, they're forbidden to enter the Azara, they would stand by the entrance of the gate of Nicanor. So in short, this gate was not really holy yet. Right, it wasn't sanctified with the kedusha of the azara. So the sota and a woman that gave birth and a, a person that has tzaras or a zav or a zava, people that had different types of emissions from their body. Zav is a male, zav is a female. That's where they would go. They wouldn't go any further. So they're not entering the base of mikdash in a state of tumah. That's what they would bring after they would exert the sota and make her do this whole you know marathon. That's where they would bring her. And and if she if she admitted then from her exhaustion she just says okay I did it fine, if she didn't the coin the coin will grab her clothing like near her neck if the clothing rips we're not concerned nifrimu nifrimu if it gets nifrimu if the uh, if the stitches get released so then um, they get released and we're not concerned the whole intention here is that we should scorn her and disgrace her that she so that she should admit to her sin. Until they would actually see her, her liba, her chest, the sorcerer es sa'ara, and they would untie the braids of her hair in order to disgrace her. Now, Rabbi Huda says that no, in my liba now, if she had a beautiful, you know, chest, lohaya megaleo, they wouldn't reveal it. If she had beautiful hair, lohaya saisra, they wouldn't untangle it, un- unbraid it. And the, the Gemara explains that we're concerned, according to Rabbi Huda, Maybe she'll be meritorious, and then the young Kohanim that are watching all this, they'll be they'll be you know invoked to uh, possibly molest her because they're looking at her in this you know in this naked quote unquote state. Different Buddha argues and says that she's you know beautiful in this regard, and beautiful in that regard. We don't do these things. And Rashi explains Shaharinakta Pirchekuhuna. What's what do you mean the young Kohanim? What's the young Kohanim? Because they were common. The young Kohanim were common to be in the Azara more than the rest of the the nation. So they could be looking at this woman and get impure thoughts and they don't want to live with her. So therefore, if she's beautiful, then we, we wouldn't do these types of things. Um, however, the Chachamim, they argue, and they all that no, it's a mitzvah to scorn her and to disgrace her. Even if she ends up being pure, because of the Pasuk, that all the women should see what's going on, and they should, be, they should put fear into them, that they should never come to do such a thing. That women should be tsanua, they should be modest, and they should never come to this type of scenario of this sota. So it doesn't really matter how beautiful this woman is. We disgrace her nonetheless. 
even if she comes out meritorious, because at the end of the day, what you're doing, what you're doing, hanging out with this guy, and all the women that are coming, they should see it, and they should get fear that they should be careful and be tsanua and not have to come to this. So that's why the Chumam argue on Rabbi Yehuda. Mishnah Vav continues, if she's wearing white clothing, we put on black clothing, right? Because we want to be, make her ugly. The Gemara explains that if she was wearing black clothing that are beautiful, then we put we put other ugly clothing on her. If she has jewelry, golden jewelry, the katlayos, or if she has um, uh, uh, necklaces, Zamim, nose rings, uh, earrings, tabos, uh, regular rings on her finger. We remove it from her. To disgrace her. Then they would bring this rope that was made from the branches of a palm tree. <coughs> and according to the Yashami, it's it's, it's rope from Mitzrayim. Because she's doing acts of the, of the Egyptians. Because it says in the beginning of the Parshas Arayos, like the Egyptians don't do. They were very, very um, low and impure people. The Amnam, however, if there's no Chevel Mitzri, if you don't have this type of rope, this brings some mother rope. The when they would tie it on top of her breasts, so that her clothing shouldn't fall off of her, because they ripped her clothing, right? So they would tie it up. And whoever wants to come and see the Sota in her state of disgrace, Baliros can come and see. Except for her, her, her male servants and her female servants, they're forbidden to come see her. But they should leave a gospel because she, she, since she is so ruggled by them, because when she sees them, she'll get more confidence and she won't want to admit. So we keep them out of there. Don't let them come in. And all women can come and see her. So this is redundant. We just said everyone can come and see her. So it means the women are obligated to see her. And the Mepharshim explain. What does mutaris mean? It comes to the word of hasra. Not mutar to be permitted here. It means hasra to be warned. Meaning women are warned. They're oh, it's a sota. They should come see the sota. They're obligated to see the sota in a state of disgrace. When they're about to give her these, you know, these waters to drink in order to put fear into them that they shouldn't do such a thing. Women should see what's going on and they should take Musa, they should take rebuke. They should never bring themselves to a concern of lewdness. And therefore, the women, everyone can come, but the women are obligated to come in order that they should learn from this action that should never happen to them. They should never lower, lower themselves to a state of lewdness. They should be tenua and modest. And, um, and that's why they're obligated to come. And that's it for Mishnah